All right. How y'all doing? I'm so excited to be here with you. And uh, wow, out of all the places on the planet I could be right now, I get to be with you. And, uh, and I think that's, I'm going to say that was from the bottom of my heart. I'm excited. Uh, such a great, great, uh, awesome privilege to be here. And I believe God has something really uh, exciting for you uh, today. And uh, I'm just, I'm amped about it. But more than I'm just amped about being with you, I just want to tell you that 42 years ago, when I was 15 years old, I met Jesus in a real way. And I'm just so excited about that. I met him, and, um, and he changed my life forever. I went from a, from a 15-year-old that was a good kid that was bound for hell, and um, to I got a purpose. Amen. And I'm still living that purpose. Amen. And I just said, Jesus, if you'll take me, I'll serve you all the days of my life. That was my prayer. And, um, and, and then I said, God, you're big, and I'm little. And that was before the veggie tale said it, just for the record. <laughs> And uh, I just said, God, I'll just I'll serve you, and, I, and I've been doing that. And uh, I've been part of the same church for 40 years, one church, 40 years. Matter of fact, the first time I went to the church, there was like 12 people there. There was 12 people at, at, at the church, and I'm, I'm still part of there. And uh, wow, then, you know, launched, and this is just so much fun for me to be here because I just immediately coming in here reminded me of when we launched our first, our first campus. And uh, the first week we launched with 46 people. And because I'm so anointed, by the second week we had 42. <laughs> and then, uh, then I got more anointed. We went down to about 30. And, and it, was just, it was just this great anointing I had. And, uh, but this is just really special for me. And so this is a privilege for me to be with you and an honor. You know, so thank you uh, so, so very, very, very much. And, uh, and I mean that. And, and now uh, God's just blessed us. We got, we got four locations. Um, we did have five. And then again, because my anointing kicked in, we went back to four. <laughs> and and, uh, and, um, and that's, just, that's just a fact of life. You know, we, we, I don't look at it as a failure. We just found out some things we can't do. And there's a difference. Sometimes you find out what you can't do. And that's no problem. I just like to press the envelope and figure out what we can and can't do. And that's just kind of how we do it, you know, and, um, and that, that's what we want to do. Amen? But we're not going to be a people who settles. Liberty Church is not going to be a settling church. We are not going to settle for believing rather than experiencing. We're not going to settle for having a faith about God rather than a faith in God. We're not going to settle... Listen, for, for religion and ritual rather than relationship or information rather than impartation. We're not going to settle of just going to a church at like to have an event and rather than being transformed. See, I don't know if you see when, when I met Jesus, I, I didn't just get rescued, I got redeemed. You see, many people get rescued. They get their get out of get out of hell free card. I got my get out of hell free card. I got rescued. But very, very, listen, only some really get redeemed. I've been, I'm set apart from the world, and I'm set apart for God. He's radically changed me. And he put this purpose in my heart, and he put this in my life. And, 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 and what I believe God wants to say to, to Liberty Church in this season is, is this, is, is that to be one church and have one vision, what's it going to take? What's it going to take to really fulfill the call of God for your lives, plural, not just for individual? See, I got lost in the purposes of God. I just got lost in his purpose, lost in his church, lost in who he is. 
I never actually really wanted to be a pastor. I wanted, you know, I was going to be a, a good, I was going to be a, a good churchgoer. I was going to you know, be, participate. I was going to have, you know, a, a white picket fence and 2.2 kids. And I was going to, you know, um, eventually have to have a dog. Thank God I don't have a dog anymore. But um, that's a different, different message. But, you know, I never planned this. But God, I just got lost in his purpose. And God took me to so many great places. And, 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 and now I'm here. So what's it going to take for Liberty Church to fulfill God's plan? I believe there's three things. And they're not the only three things. They're not the three things. They're, there's three things. Why, do I, why, do, why are there three things? Because I, I, I wrote down three things. <laughs> so that's real deep. <laughs> so here we go. You ready for them? It's unity of heart and mind, a fear of God, and encouragement of the Holy Spirit. There's just three things I believe I want to encourage you with today, and and I'm just so 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 you know, I'm 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 one of your biggest fans um, uh, to to be here today, Pastor Ian, Pastor Keith. You know, thank you for the great work that you're doing, and uh, I'm just so so thrilled to be here. Okay, we're going to go to Acts chapter four. Acts chapter four, and um, I've been just getting lost in the book of Acts. Uh, just the book of Acts have been just lighting me up this whole year. Actually, since um, beginning of January, I've been just so excited. The Acts of the Holy Spirit, the Acts of the Apostles, like whatever your translation says. I'm just into doing something. Let's just make it, make it happen here. So here we have, there's a crisis. There's, um, the world was telling the church, stop talking about Jesus. Do you live in the same world I do right now? This is what the world's telling us. Stop talking about Jesus. Stop living for Jesus. Stop doing that. Keep in your four walls and you're fine. So, so in the book of Acts, they did what we would do. They started a Facebook page. And then they got a petition. They got some petitions to sign. And then they went to their, their House of Representatives and their Senate and things like that. No, they didn't do that. But there was a crisis going on here. And so let's take a look in Acts 4.24, what they did. Here it is. When they heard the report, this is what they did. All the believers lifted their voices together. Everybody say together. Together in prayer. So together, this is what this really means here. Together is being unanimous, mutual consent, being in agreement, harmony that leads to action. There's a together that God wants us to experience that's so powerful. I mean, it's so, it's so radically powerful when we're together. As a matter of fact, it's so important. You may have heard that verse, Jesus, when he said, wherever two or more of you are gathered in my name, you know, th th let me give you an interpretation of what that really means. What that means, Jesus said, if I can get any two or more of you to agree on anything, I want to show up myself to see it. That's what he said. <laughs> he says, because I know you Christians, you don't agree on nothing, okay? So, so he's like, so, so when you agree on stuff, it's like Jesus comes and he says, he looks and then he goes, hey, dad, they're really doing it, you know? So, so that's what that is. It's, it's like the power of together is so, so important and so, so vital in our lives here. So let's go on to verse 29. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus, here. And we live in a crazy, jacked up, crazy, weird world. But in the midst of it, what God wants to do is demonstrate his power. And he wants to demonstrate his presence. And he wants to use you to do that. 
that's it. So here, here's something we got to get. If we're going to see the, the, this unity in one heart and one mind, if we're going to see this, this fear of God, if we're going to see encouragement of the Holy Spirit, we need to realize this. We are not humans having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. See, most Christians go through their lives, I'm a human, and I, and I kind of have these spiritual experiences. Let's flip the script, and let's say, no, we're spiritual beings that are having a human experience. See, how would your Monday through Saturday change if we just did that? Something would change in our mindset. We would begin to look around the room here at, at Liberty Church Holly Pond and say, we're in a room full of, of superheroes. That's what we're full of. We're a bunch of superheroes. Look around. Uh, yeah, that's right. How many of y'all say that's right? But not only that, come on, we're superheroes. We got superpowers that come from heaven. They come from heaven above. That's how he's created us. Isn't that cool? Because this is, this, is, this is the kind of people he uses. But not only that, 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 that Superman and Superwomen, that's who we are. Listen, 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 I, I am Superman because my wife says I am. That's right, but Superman was the one, the one superhero that was a superhero and disguised himself as a man. The rest of the superheroes were men and women that disguised themselves as superheroes. So if we're going to be superheroes, let's be the right one. Let's be Superman, Superwoman. That this, and we got to catch this spirit. As a matter of fact, in, in our home, my wife, uh, she calls me Superman. I am her Superman. I got the Superman shirt. I didn't wear it today, but um, I, I got one. And um, as a matter of fact, if you had come to our home in December, and you were looking at our Christmas tree. There's, there's Supermans all over it, all kind of ornaments all over it. And, uh, I mean, it's just, just covered because every year she would get me a new one. Matter of fact, a couple years ago she said, she said, baby, we got enough Superman on that tree. I said, you can never have enough Superman on that tree. I'm just telling you. She goes, it's starting to be a theme tree. I go, it's a good theme, baby. Just remember that. So we're, 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 we're downsizing on the Superman on our tree, and we're getting other ones there. But, let, but see, we're, we're, we're superheroes. We're spiritual beings having, having, having this, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. But you know what our kryptonite is? Disunity and discord. It destroys our power. And that's what destroys us. And we need to realize that it only starts with a little bit of independence, a little bit of self-reliance, a little bit of like what I can do and what I need to do. And what's, what about me? Right. See, in the absence of true vision, one church, one vision, let me give you what happens. Stupid things matter. When we lose sight of the bigger picture, what God wants of our lives and what God wants in our lives here, being one church in two locations, that's powerful. But if you lose that, you, that becomes your kryptonite. That becomes like we, we, we lose that power. It, it steals from the power of God. We lose what he wants to create in us. Let's go on, verse 31. After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they preached the, the, the word of God with boldness. They were filled to capacity. Isn't that great? 
They prayed and the place shook. There was prayer and there was power. There was an overflowing of grace and power. That's what God does in unity. That's what God does. And I'm trying, and today I was, well, you lift up your eyes to see something different. So here's the first point here united in heart and mind. United in heart and mind. Here we go, verse 32. All the believers were united in heart and mind. And they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. I just, you have a need, here it is. We share. This is what we do. We, we, we share resources. We share things, right? Isn't that, isn't that a picture of church right there? Isn't that cool? Come on. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God's great blessing was on them all. How many of you would like God's blessing on your life? How many of you have too much of God's blessings and you don't want any more? You just have too much. I just need to give some more. Yeah, there was great blessing on them all because there was great power and a testimony to the resurrection power. So what's the real testimony of the resurrection power is our lives being joined together and united in heart and mind. That's what's powerful. That's what we see here. So we see this united in heart. It's being in tune. It's going in the same, same way together. We're going in the same way. One church, two locations. This is powerful. And I'm so encouraged because this being here today reminds me of when we launched, you know, three years into our first, our first location. You know, and I'm going to be honest with you. We were like grinding it out. We were just like trying to doing everything we could to make it happen. We were still in set up and takedown mode every week, three years in, four years in, five years in, just making it happen. But we were, we were bound to turn when we were going to stay one. We were going to stay as one church in two locations, and keep pulling in the same direction. So basically, what God was saying right here is, is, that, is that we need to stay in sync together. We need to be in sync together. That's what we need to be. you got to be in sync together. That's right. you got to be in sync. Now, now listen, if you don't want to be in sync together, how about we just go in one direction? How about one direction? You ready to go in one direction together? Y'all good with that? But we need to be in harmony together. There needs to be a mutual consent. There needs to be something we're going together in. Okay? So that's what God's called us to. The center of our being is moving together. Now, being of one mind means to breathe spiritually together. That means we're going to breathe the same thing spiritually. That's why we're here today. That's why we're here. We're breathing together. One heartbeat. One heartbeat. That's what we're celebrating. That's what, we, that's what we look to. This is our power. This is what we must do together. Our unity that's both practical and powerful. That's practical because they shared everything voluntarily. Who wouldn't want to give? Who wouldn't want to be a part? Who wouldn't want to do this? That's, that's, that's the deal, just sharing voluntarily, financially. And there was power on their lives. There was dynamite. There was, there, was, um, there was this thing that they were going to press on together. See, I never want to be a been there, done that. I never want to be a been there, done that. I never want to be, ah, oh, done that. Ah, oh, been there. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to be an overdone, a been there, done. I just want to be a well done. How about you? 
I just want to be a well done. I just want to be a well done. So that means my notebook got to stay open. See, my notebook has to stay open to the things of what God's saying. And I'm just as passionate now, if not more, than I was 40 years. We're celebrating 40 years as a church. 40 years as a church. I remember 12 people being there. You know, I remember that. And I've seen a lot of changes over the years. And I remember launching our first location, being three years into it, four years into it, four years. And then, then that location actually launched another one was primarily involved in launching another one. Do you realize that's what God wants to do? Now, we may not see it in the natural right now, but we're, we're seeing it in the spirit, right? Because this is what happens. See, I'm, I'm not going to burn out doing this. See, younger guys come to me all the time, and they say, Pastor, you know, I can run faster than you and hit harder than you and lift more weights than you, and I could beat you in basketball, and, and I don't play football anymore because the spirit of wisdom came on me. And, um, and they say, I can do all these things. And I say, oh, yeah. There's just, there's just one thing you'll never do, be able to do more than me. I said, you will never out-zeal me. You're never going to out-zeal me because I got something in my heart that's pressing on. I'm not done yet. So you may be able to outrun me, outlift me, out, uh, you know, out-basketball me, do all those other things. And, and by all means, when we're moving somebody, I want you to outlift the refrigerator me. Come on, somebody. Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay, that's the truth right there. Okay, but you will never outzeal me because my notebook is open. I'm still learning. I'm still pressing on. God is not done. Are you with me? See, what I got is powerful, and it's practical. You know, somebody asked me recently. I was um, slur- slurping coffee and having breakfast with a young man in the church recently, and um, it was just over breakfast. He was asking good questions, and it was real early in the morning. And he said, Pastor, he said, he said, what are the three best decisions you ever made in your life? He said, what's the three best decisions? And he was taking notes. He, was, he came to ask questions. And I, I said, well, obviously Jesus. I mean, that's a given. And my wife, Natalie, been married 32 years, and we have five children. And, um, and those are the greatest things. And that's, that's the obvious ones. But he said, what are, the, what, are the, what are the three biggest decisions, three best decisions? I said, well, I thought for us that this is a good question. And I said, one of my best ones was I, just, I decided I was going to be a part of Jesus' church. But not just that. I decided I was going to be a part of the church that I'm a part of still to this day. I just said, this is my church. And this is, I just made a decision early on. Unless they preach heresy or they go off on some crazy doctors, another way to heaven or, you know, all this craziness. I said, this is going to be my church. And this is, just, this is it. That's been one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. I just said, you know, it doesn't matter. There's going to be discord. There's going to be problems. There's going to be dis- disagreements. All these things, it doesn't matter. I'm committing to this. My next dis- decision was, I said, my, even before I was married and then even after we were married, we said, we're going to be generous people. We're going to be givers. There's, we're just going to, we just decide this is what we're going to do. We're going to, be, we're going to be givers. Those are just two of the three. If you want the last one, it's... Um, no, for $29.95, you can get the last one. I was just messing with you. It was a good one, but you don't need that one. So, but, um, but the results was great blessing here. And so there's practical and powerful unity. And I think that's what it is. One church, two locations, and wow, and we're not going to allow stupid things to matter. We're not going to allow stupid things to matter. Because I'm going to tell you really what happens is, is when you get more locations, 
it's like, it's like you start to develop some sibling rivalry. You know, somebody always has like the younger child complex and the middle child complex and then the older child complex. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 you know what I'm talking about. So it's easy to allow those things to creep in. And if you're around a family that has those things deep-rooted, I'm telling you, it's not good. They lose their power of being a representation of Jesus, right? So we're not going to allow those things to happen here. Our, our objective, really clear, is that we're going to reach out and raise up. We're going to win souls, make disciples, and destroy the works of the devil. That's what God's asked us to do. We're here to depopulate hell and populate heaven. Who's with me? And if we're not careful, we'll make everything else the issue and get off of that one. See, unity is a gift of God given to a group of people to accomplish God's purpose and mission. That's what this is. That's what true unity is. It's a gift from God. But it's given to accomplish something. Unity's not the goal. But see, most people never get the difference between agreement and unity. There's a difference. I want to tell you this. I've been married 32 years to somebody that's very, very different than I am. And we have disagreements, but we always have unity. Let me give you an example. There's times when, when, when we go to the grocery store, and we have different concepts of going to the grocery store. My wife, she wants to make it an experience. She wants us to experience groceries together. So she wants me to go with her. And she wants me like to hold, you know, push the cart. Up and down every aisle, even if we don't need something in that aisle. And then she was one, and, and I go like that, and she holds my arm right there. I am Superman. And we'll just go up and down every aisle. Now, me, my goal in groceries is this. I want to see if we can beat our time from last week. See, you know what I'm talking about. I, want to, I think we can do it, baby. So there are days that we go up and down every aisle. And there are other days it's like, baby, we don't got the time. We got to divide and conquer. You give me my list. You got yours. I will meet you. I will throw stuff in that cart. I will be Superman. You will see me move. So there's days that we do this, but we disagree on that. And we do it different ways, different times. But at the end of the day, we have unity. We're going to get us some food. Are you with me? See, we drive distinctly different, my wife and I. She tells me I drive too fast. I don't drive too fast. I drive just right. But she tells me all the time, we're driving too fast. And we disagree all the time. And like when we had little kids in the car, she goes, we have babies in the car. Our babies are in the car. That's what she would say to me. I said, I know the babies are in the car. They like the way I drive. <laughs> they do. They like it. We, we, now, when she drives, she has an affection for the brake. She enjoys just hitting that brake. So we, we, we disagree on how to drive. 
but we have unity, we're going to go somewhere. So no matter if I drive or she drives, we're going to get somewhere. Are you with me now? We do this in church all the time. We disagree with, the, with this, the, the color of this, or we disagree with the time of that. We disagree with the color of the T-shirt because it's not in my color palette. I don't care if it's in your color palette. Wear the shirt. Everybody else is wearing a shirt. Wear the shirt. No, I'm serious. Like, anyway, like, well, I don't know what I don't know about the time of that. Like, why does why does the time have to be then? Because that's the time. Well, I don't know. Why do we have to go? Why do you have to go to the Arab campus? Why can't they come here? I don't know. Get in your car and drive there. I don't know. Now I'm gonna give you something that I live by. If nobody asks me my opinion, that's proof that they don't care what I think. <laughs> <laughs> is that? And there's been a few times, even in our church, something will happen. And it's like, I disagree with it. And someone will say, what do you think about that? And I say, it doesn't matter what I think. Nobody asked me what I think. No, I'm sure I live by this principle. If they didn't ask me, they don't care. Whether it's family or church or this or that, it doesn't matter. It matters, are we going somewhere? Where's the unity going to take us? That's what matters. That's what I'm going to get involved with. It doesn't matter. What matters is, is what's Jesus say? How are we going to go? Where are we going to go? We can disagree on the song, but we're going to worship Jesus. There are certain songs I don't like, and I ask people this all the time in our church. I say, do you know what I don't like? No. Do you know what I don't like? No, pastor doesn't like something. I'll say, I said, do you know what? I ask people, no, nobody knows what I don't like. They'll say, what is it? I say, it doesn't matter. People come to me all the time and say, pastor, it must be nice to be the pastor. You get to do whatever you want to do. <laughs> really? Whatever I want to do, I can do whatever I want to do. I don't think that's right. Because trust me, you don't want to do everything that's in this head. Sometimes there's tadpoles up there just swimming around. I'm just telling you, there's a whole bunches of them. There was like dozens this week. Tadpoles just going everywhere. No, you don't, no, no, we don't do what I want. We do what Jesus wants. You know why? Because we've learned how to yield to God. Yielding is powerful. Have you ever seen a yield sign? Let me tell you what that yield sign means. That means you see the flow of the traffic and you get moving and you find your flow in the traffic, and you find your place in it. Most Christians go their whole entire life and don't know how to yield. They, they, you got to see what God's doing. you got to see the flow, and you got to find your, get moving, first of all. You don't get to the end of the ramp and stop. And if you do that, please stop doing that. I'm going to get to the end of the ramp and say, well, I think we should pray about it. <laughs> I don't know about this direction. No, you find a direction, and some people say, well, the direction's going too fast. And the direction's going too slow. Some people actually get to the end of the ramp and say, I don't like this direction. I think I'm going to do a U-turn and go against traffic. <laughs> That's what they do. It's like you're wondering why you're always in a wreck. You always wonder why your life is a wreck. 
Because you're not going with the flow. What's God doing? We're going to go with the flow. Yeah, one church, two locations. And this is going to happen. This is going to happen. At some point, you're going to say, well, why did they get a new projector? <laughs> I'm serious. This is, these are the things I deal with. Did it ever occur to you they needed one? I don't know. Like, it's like buying one kid's shoes because they need them. There's holes in them. And the other kid goes, well, why don't I got shoes? Because you don't have holes in yours. That's why. Yours look fine to me. Right? How many parents are out there? This is basic, basic stuff. Right? But we complicate it with our stupid stuff. Because we're really good at being stupid. And that's in the Bible. The word stupid's in the Bible. Okay, just a thought. So you got to see the direction and go with it. Don't make a U-turn. Don't stop and pray. Don't complain about how fast or slow. Just go with it. And, and, and the, because this is our power. Because we're going somewhere with this. So the first thing that we need is to be of one heart in one mind. We're going to breathe together spiritually. Okay, number two, we're going to fast forward to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. And here we're going to find, again, just picking it up here, the church then had peace throughout all Arab and Holy Pond, and also Judea and Galilee and Samaria. And it became stronger. How many of y'all want to be a part of a strong church? Right? So it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord and in the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Wow. And it grew in numbers. Wow, it grew in numbers. They were exercising. They were getting stronger. They were putting more weight on, and they were doing more reps. They were each taking their part, and they were living in the fear of God. They were living in these things. So what's the fear of God? So, so this is it. The fear of God's used over 300 times in the Bible. Do you think God's trying to get our attention? Do you think he is? The fear of God. So let me give you the most simplistic definition of the fear of God I can give you. It's to love what God loves, hate what he hates, and know that you will give an account to God for your life. Do you know what I think we need in, in, in Jesus' church? We need some goal-fashioned fear of God. Yeah, we just need to love what he loves and hate what he hates because the world's trying to get us to buy into their system. The world's trying to get us to buy into the church is outdated, the church controls people, people are worse off in, in Jesus' church. Let me give you an example of this. The fear of God, we love what he loves, we hate what he hates. Tell me, would women's lives be better or worse if, if men didn't take advantage of them sexually, that, that, that if men would honor them and value them with the fear of God? Would the family unit be better or worse? See, see, nobody wants to talk about that. That when women know who they are in Christ and are valued and cherished and honored and they fulfill God's plan for their life, is that better for culture or worse for culture? See, see the culture is trying to tell us these things are bad, these are evil, these are worse, and it's not true. It's better it's better all the way around our lives 
But we have to grab a hold of this and say that the fear of God, knowing I'm going to give an account to God, is better for our lives. It doesn't control me. It protects me from me. It protects me from me. I didn't just get saved from hell. I got saved from me. You see, and it helps us live for a greater purpose so these stupid things don't matter. And we give in to these things because we have to be aware of the slow drift. The slow drift, the slow shift. The, the slow, like, that doesn't matter. I can do what I want. Self-reliance, self-dependence, self-this, self-that. Self-actualization. I know who I am. The more I know who I really am, the more I scare me. Right? And so the fear of God protects me from that. That's why, as a church, we keep the standard the standard. And then we need encouragement. Encouragement is paraclesis. It's a calling alongside to help to comfort, to give consolation. See, what, see, what we're doing requires the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Do you know what you're doing right now? Right now, right here? Being one church in two locations and trying to work out all the kinks and getting better all the time and doing it. We need the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. So what are we doing together that demands the Holy Spirit's power. What does the, the Holy Spirit comes alongside? That's what that means. It's 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 it, it paraclesis. There's another Greek word called paraclete. It sounds a lot like a parakeet, okay? And that means we need to speak the same language together. Whoa, man. <laughs> well, we all say all together now. Whoa. Yeah, so, so come on, we need the Holy Spirit to come alongside us. So what are we going to keep doing? What are we going to keep believing for that demands the Holy Spirit's power and not just accept this is good as it gets? I'm going to give you several things. You're going to want to take a picture of this. Look at it yourself. Red-lettered words of Jesus. This is, the, this is the, the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit brings comfort, counsel, Confirmation of the words of Jesus, courage and boldness, close beside us, conviction and captive set free. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you want to know what's at stake if we don't get this one church, one vision, one heart, one direction, fear of God, encouragement of the Holy Spirit? That's at stake. Because the Holy Spirit can't function where there's a little bit of discord and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. This is what's at stake. It's not my Holy Ghost goosebumps. We think it's my Holy Ghost goosebumps. It has nothing to do with it. That's what's at stake. That's what we're in it for. That's what we must stay. Um, let me just tell you how this looks when you, when you first start really, really walking in, in one, one heart, one mind, fear God, encouragement of the Holy Spirit. One year ago today... Um, my oldest daughter got married in St. Thomas, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and so we went down to we went down to the islands. It was uh, we were all excited. It was it was destination wedding. But I'm going to tell you when we, we arrived, I was really nervous. It wasn't about giving 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 her away. It wasn't about the party. It wasn't anything like that. In St. Thomas, you have to drive on the left side of the road, and I'm telling you, when I got there, and I knew this going into it because everybody told me about it. 
I was like focused. I was like, we got in the rental car, and I was like, okay, well, I got to get in the rental car, and I got to drive on the left side of the road. What's interesting is the rental car that we had was just damaged by the person who had it before us. The whole right side of the car was just like sideswiped from the front to the back. Was, and they said, well, that happens. You know, it was like, okay. And so I got in that car, and I was like so focused. I was like so focused. People in the car were like talking to me. It's like, don't talk to me. <laughs> and when I say don't talk to me, that's big, okay? Because I like to talk, and I like to hear words. I like it, you know? And so I'm like focused. I get to the intersection. Okay, make a left. I got to make a left. Make a left. Okay, left to the left. Okay, left to the left. Then, okay, the next intersection. Okay, I'm making a right. I'm in the left lane. I got left. Like everything, you know, driving around. I was just focused. I was like locked in. This is what it's like when you start walking in true unity and true vision and true hearts and minds together. You go, every intersection, you got to think it through. Every decision, you got to think it through. How are we going to do this on the left all together as one? Now, I'm going to tell you, after three or four days, it was easy. I started drifting back into the right. And if we're not careful, we're going to get our unity and direction, but we're going to slowly drift to the right. And it's imperative that we stay on the left. And we got to think things through with a new vision, a new focus, a new mindset, because that's, this is what's at stake. This is how we do it. we got to get this right. You see, unity is a gift of God given to a group of people to accomplish God's purpose and mission. That's what true unity is. Now, how do we do this? It's unity of heart and mind. The fear of God, God's standard, encouragement of the Holy Spirit. That's how we do it. Now, I've never been a gambler. Even growing up, my, my, I was told playing cards is bad and we don't play cards, and we don't, um, we don't do that. Now, I, I want to let you know, I do know how to play Uno, just for the record. I can play Uno. How many Uno players out there we got? I see those hands. I see those hands. And um, I do know this, though. When you take all your chips and you put them into the middle, that means you're all in. Do you know what God every now and then wants us to do? Every so often. we got to remember we're all in. Do you know what anniversaries really, really are? You just had three years. Do you know what anniversaries are like in my life with my wife? Every year we talk about being all in together. It reminds us that we made a commitment, right? It reminds us we made a commitment. I'm going to be committed to this one woman the rest of my life. You know, as a matter of fact, that was my third, third best decision, not marrying her. But the day I decided I'm going to lay my life down for this woman, I'm going to love her all the days of my life. If she never returns one bit of love to me, I'm going to love her. That was my third best decision. Changed my life. See, so every now and then on an anniversary, we got to ask ourselves, are we really all in? Are we holding back a little? Are we really, really all in to the one church and two locations? And, and who knows what the future has? You know, are we really going to do that? Are we going to hold back a little bit and just see what happens? Are we going to make it more about us than about Jesus? That's what the third anniversary really is all about. It's about just rekindling that. Would you stand to your feet with me here? And um, I don't know where you are with God. And this is what's so much so so fun right now. I was like, 
I don't know if you're a part of this church or you're visiting or, or you're like kicking the tires or, you know, dating it. I don't know whatever term you want to do, you know, but I just want to say, why wouldn't you want to be a part of Jesus' church? There's nothing like it because you know what? Jesus is coming back for his church. He's not coming back for me or you as an individual. He's coming back for his church. Pure and spotless bride. And so I'm going to pray and just ask and ask you another question. What do you want Liberty Church to be like in the year 2030, 2040, 2050? Will those people look back and say they were all in? They were united in heart. They were united in mind. Or they're going to say, wow, just think what they could have done if they would have only just gone for it and became all in. Heavenly Father, I pray for this great group of people here today. And I ask you, Heavenly Father, to do a work in our hearts. God, let us put aside everything that's not of you and once again, Grab a hold of who you are and let Liberty Church, Holly Pond and Liberty Church Arab and whatever other Liberty Churches that come from this, Lord, let them be a place that you're happy to put your name on. Let it be so, Father. Now, if you're here today and you're just saying, you know, I just want to re-surrender and become all in, just to the flow of church, Liberty Church. Just slip up your hand. I'm going to pray for you. This just, you're, all, it's all you're saying is, I just want to re-surrender. I just want to re-surrender. Thank you. Lord, I pray for everybody's hand that's up right now. I pray for everybody's hand that you're going to give them an infilling of the Holy Spirit. Give them an infilling of life, an infilling of love. Every person that just says, I just want to re-surrender once again to your plan, whatever it may be, God. Take us where you want to take us. Do with us what you want to do with us. All for your glory and your honor. So you can lower your hands there. The last thing I want to ask you is this. If you don't have a day, a moment, or a time in your life that Jesus Christ has become the forgiver of your past and the leader to your future, I want to offer you May 1st, 2022, where you say, I'm a sinner. I've sinned. Some sins were done to me. Some sins were done by me, and I've missed a mark. So, Jesus, I need you to forgive me by what you've done on the cross. And now, Jesus, I want you to lead me. So you want Jesus to forgive you, but then you want Jesus to lead you. If you've never done that before, I want to offer you a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ, the best decision you could ever make in your whole life. If that's you, just slip up your hand right where you are. Just slip it up real high. Thank you very much. Thank you. Keep up your hand right there. Anybody else? Anybody else? There we go. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you for somebody that wants a relationship with you, Father. Welcome them into the kingdom. God, we welcome them, Lord. God, thank you, God. And I pray that next week at Liberty Church, there's going to be so many people respond to the gospel that we're going to be overwhelmed. Lord God, do it and do it here, we ask you, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, if you raised your hand.
Amen. Come on, let's give God a big hand. If you, uh, hey, if you raise your hand, somebody's going to come by and just give you just a little bit of info, and they're going to let you know what your next step is and welcome you to the kingdom of God. That's how we do it here at Liberty Church. Hey, I love you. So appreciative of you. Uh, who's coming up here? Pastor Ian, come on up here. Close us up. Thanks so much. In Jesus name. I told her he was a cool dude. And he's on fire for Jesus. Amen. Give Jesus one more big hand and give Pastor Rick a big hand. So awesome. Thank you so much for coming. Don't make it two years before you come back and come back this next year. You know what? I'm going to do something. Can you come up front here? And uh, I just want to give honor where honor is due. If you, if you received any word from God, just any encouragement today, I want you to come surround Pastor Rick. Y'all don't be shy. And I just want to pray over him. He's been ministering all weekend emptied himself out and he's got to travel back to Pittsburgh today and so uh, we thank you for him and for his family I just want to just pray over him as we release him and so Lord I, I thank you for Pastor Rick God I thank you for his heart I thank you for his wisdom Lord I thank you for his, his challenge and his, his clear word today God Lord we need uh, one vision and uh, we need to be one church God we don't want to perish for lack of vision God, we want to be moving in power and in clarity and in direction. Jesus, you said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. God, and so we thank you for that reminder. God, we're going to pre-decide. God, that we're going to commit. We can't ever imagine to be submitted if we're not first committed. God, so we want to commit today our lives and your plan and your purpose for us. And I thank you for Pastor Rick for challenging us today. God, I pray you would fill him right now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for his word, and I thank you for who he is. God, I pray he would be filled from the top of his head to the bottoms of his feet. God, I thank you that wherever he goes, he's blessed. I come against the enemy and his schemes against him and his family. Lord, we declare he is blessed. Father God, a pastor of pastors. God, a teacher, a leader. Lord, as he goes home, God, I pray that he would be welcomed from his family. God, that he would just be Superman in his home, and he's Superman in the church, God. And so we thank you for him. We ask this in Jesus' name, and everybody said. Amen. Amen. Y'all make sure you.